And we are back. Welcome back to the Press Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. I am Jesse Mapati. And before we start this podcast, I just want to say to anybody that have kids, this is a definitely a family program audience. So anybody can watch it. Kids from five to whatever how old you are. So welcome to the new audience of kids. All right. Fuck them kids. Now let's talk about Cincinnati Bearcats football. I got lots to cover. The Bearcats are coming off a 45 to 28 win. Over the South Florida Bulls last Friday night down in Florida, the Bearcats were able to get the offense going. And that's pretty much what I wanted to see from the Bearcats is just to have the offense gaining some momentum as the season concludes. Desmond Ritter, the senior quarterback, was 31 for 39 for 304 yards, two touchdowns and one pick. Des also ran the ball for 13 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown run. Also in this game, Desmond Ritter became the all-time Bearcat touchdown passer holder, passing Gino Gajuli, his quarterback coach. Des now has 79 career touchdown passes. So, round of applause for Des. One of the all-time great Bearcats and will definitely miss Des. So, congrats to Des. This is one of his better games this season. Running back Jerome Ford did not play due to an ankle injury. So, Ryan Montgomery, Ethan Wright, Took the majority carries. Ryan Montgomery had six carries for 72 yards and two touchdowns. Ethan Wright had 10 carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown run. But Ethan Wright is going to be a great running back for the Bearcats. He just runs the ball tough. Like, the Bearcats had a fourth and two going for it. This was about midway in the second quarter. And it looked like Ethan Wright was stopped, but he just kept his legs moving. So Ethan Wright, that's a name you guys should be in a lookout for the next several years because he's going to be a good one for the Bearcats. So without Jerome Ford, it was good to see the running game do its thing. And hopefully Jerome Ford will be back for the game against SMU this coming Saturday. Now the receiving core did pretty well. Josh Riley, the tight end, had five receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown. Trey Tucker had six receptions of 51 yards and a touchdown as well. So the Bearcats defense. Now the defense has not played to its standard the last three games, but the defense was playing really well in the first half. The Bearcats held a 24-7 halftime lead, and then they got the lead to 31-7. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, just don't even think about allowing Slough Florida to come back. Which the Bearcats defense did. They allowed a couple of explosive plays and the Bulls were able to get back in the game. They're only down 31 to 21. As I was watching this game, I'm thinking to myself, can't have breakdowns. The Bearcats allowed the freshman quarterback, who is a mobile quarterback for South Florida, to move around, convert a couple of third and long plays. And I'm just thinking to myself, uh, you can't have can't have that. Can't have that. And this defense has to be better as the season ends. So that was a little bit discouraging. You cannot get lax. You got to put teams away. And with the Bearcats pretty much where they're at right now in the college football playoff and the committee, they look at style points. And you just have to – just can't allow teams like that, allow them to get back into the game. You have to put them away. And style points is very important. So especially in the Bearcats' cards, like I said, if they want to even – make the college football playoff, they have to look good. Even though they haven't looked good the last four games, when it comes to style points, they're still winning the games. Oh, that's all that matters. As long as they're winning, they're still in good position, hopefully, to make the playoff. But 
Ahmad Sauce Gardner, I think he is probably <laughs> one of the most bored defensive players in the country because he's so good that teams are not even going to even attempt to throw at him. But he had a pick in this game. It was good to see him get into action. And also Deshaun Pace had an interception as well. So final score, 45-28. Wins a win, even though they got a little bit tight midway in the third quarter. The Bearcats were not in danger of letting this game slip. So that was good. So 10-0, 6-0 in American Athletic Conference play. And the Bearcats have a big one against SMU this coming Saturday at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. That game will be at Nipper. It's senior day. SMU has a good team. They're 8-2. They're led by Tanner Mordecai, their quarterback, who has 37 touchdown passes to only 11 interceptions. He has thrown for 300 3,264 yards, so it's going to be a challenge for this Bearcats defense, and I really hope that they rise up to this challenge. Danny Gray, SMU's best receiver, who's definitely going to be playing on Sundays. This season, he has 49 receptions for 803 yards and nine touchdowns. Now, he's questionable with a leg injury, so that's going to be big if he doesn't play. I hope he plays because I want obviously SMU to be full, in full strength, but that'll be that'll be a big loss for the offense not having their best receiver. But I'm thinking that he will play, but we'll see. He's questionable right now, but I think he's going to be a game-time decision. SMU can also run the football as well. As well. They're led by Trey Siggers. That's a weird last name. He has 663 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. So, like I said, this is, a, this is a big game for the Bearcats, and it's senior day. It's potentially the last home game at Nipper. I said potentially because the Bearcats, if they do win this game, then they will host Houston, who's already clinched a spot in the American Athletic Conference Championship game, which will be on December 4th at 4 o'clock p.m. on ABC. So UC wins, then it'll be UC versus Houston in the AAC Conference Championship game. So... I believe this is a this is a game where UC needs to get it going. Meaning, they have to play all four quarters. They got to play complementary football from kickoff until when the game ends. So, I hope this is the game the Bearcats will play a complete game. Um, I think Luke Fickle said that. I think this was about a month ago that he wants his team to be playing their best football towards the end of the season. So, we're in the middle of November. Bearcats have three potential games left, meaning they got two games left. They got SMU on Saturday, then they got East Carolina on the road on Black Friday, and then potentially they might be playing for a conference championship game on December 4th. So you just hope the Bearcats will be playing their best football, and you just hope that against SMU on Saturday, senior day, that this will be the start. They need to. They need to. So... The offense showed promise against South Florida. They finally got it to going. So could this be the week of the defense? Now they have a tall order of SMU's high explosive offense. So we will see. Now, the college football player rankings, week three edition, came out on Tuesday. Stayed the same. So Georgia's number one. Alabama's number two. Oregon's number three. Ohio State's number four. The Bearcats are five. Michigan is six. Michigan State is seven, and I also wrote down Notre Dame is number eight because I I think Notre Dame has a shot. If say if Oregon loses, if Bama loses, then 
that opens the door for Notre Dame if Michigan loses. So Notre Dame is not out of the mix, definitely, when it comes to landing the top four spot for the playoff rankings. Now, important games to the Bearcats to watch or scoreboard watching, but obviously they'll be playing their football games. So not gonna be, they're not going to be thinking about looking at the scoreboard. But for Bearcat fans, these are the games that you should be watching on the scoreboard. So you got number 21, Arkansas. They're playing at number two, Bama. That's a 3.30 game on CBS. So that's that's the time the Bearcats will be playing SMU. Then Michigan, number six, they're at Maryland. That's a 3.30 game. Another game where the Bearcats are playing at that time. Then you got number three, Oregon, going to number 23, Utah. That game's on 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Now, that game, the Bearcats will have to watch that game, especially the fans, because say if you see do beat SMU, Bearcats got to hope that Utah wins against Oregon because if Oregon loses this game, they're out of the playoff contention, and that just elevates UC to that number four spot for next week if if UC wins their game against SMU. So the Bearcat fans are huge Utes fans on Saturday night. But first, the Bearcats have to beat SMU. And then number seven, Michigan State will be on the road against Ohio State. Number four, that game's at noon on ABC. I think Ohio State is just going to run over Michigan State. And I've already come to the conclusion that Ohio State is probably going to run the table and will make the college football playoff. Now, they do play Michigan at Michigan next weekend. I want to say that Michigan will give Ohio State everything they can. If this is the year where Jim Harbaugh has to beat Ohio State, it's this year. They have to. But I just don't see it happening. So I think that Ohio State is going to run run the table, beat Michigan State, beat Michigan, and crush whoever is going whoever they're going to play in the Big Ten championship game. So yeah, I hate I hate I hate saying that, but it's true. Ohio State is going to run the table. So go Utah and go Arkansas. But I have a feeling that Alabama could be looking ahead to the Iron Bowl, which is next week, Saturday, when they play Auburn at Auburn. I still, I also said that Alabama's going to lose to Auburn, but they can't overlook Arkansas. Even though Arkansas has been just hit or miss this year, they still got a good offense. And I just think that Alabama hasn't played Alabama football this year. They barely got past LSU. So it's like, you're playing Arkansas. They got nothing to play for. They want to ruin Alabama's playoff chances. So this is definitely a trap game for Bama leading up to the, leading up to the Iron Bowl. So we will see. All right, switching to UC basketball. The men's team is 3-0. They had a good win against Georgia last Saturday, 73-68. And then they also had a good win against Alabama A&M this, on Tuesday, 89-66. Against Alabama A&M, David DeJulius had a great game. He had 21 points. He was 8 for 14 from the field, and he was 3 from three for 8 from the three-point line. Odio Guama came off the bench, had 13 points and 8 rebounds. Mikey Saunders had 14 points coming off the bench as well. So here's, what I, here's my take for the Bearcats men's basketball team so far in the first three games is that this the offense will struggle a little bit. But the, the defense, the intensity, and the effort's going to be there. And I like that how this group, they like each other. And that's important. You need to have good team chemistry. And new head coach Wes Miller has bought into that. And I believe the players have definitely bought into it as well. So 
I think what's going to keep this team afloat is their energy and also their team chemistry. So, nothing to really be concerned about when it comes to Bearcats basketball. And I told people that, listen, if they hit a low this season, which they will, and there's going to be plenty of lows, is... I am confident in West Miller and his leadership and also the chemistry on the team that they will get through it. So UC's next game will be against Presbyterian and actually they'll be playing them tonight. As I record this podcast, the Bearcats have a basketball game tonight against Presbyterian. That game's at 7 p.m. Do you know that UC lost to this team 11 years ago? So this is definitely a revenge game. I remember I'm like watching the game and I was just like, holy shit, we're not looking good. And then Presbyterian just kept, every time UC was thinking that they're going to deliver the knockout blow, here comes Presbyterian coming back. And then we just end up losing that game. It was That was really bad. That was, you know what, I think that was the same day the Bengals lost to the Houston Texans in the 2011 wildcard game. It is. So that was a, wow, that was one shitty day. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yep, I remember now. So, bringing back terrible memories. Yeah, that was the first Texans loss in the playoff game. Andy Dalton, AJ Green's first year. So, yeah, that was a that was a bad day. That was a horrible day. So, hopefully, UC basketball, the twenty twenty one version, will beat this Presbyterian team and will get some little revenge. So after that game, the Bearcats will. Hit the road, they will play in the Hall of Fame Classic game against number 10 Illinois on Monday at 6.30. That game will be located at Kansas City, and they'll be playing at the T-Mobile Center. Now, Illinois did lose to Marquette this week, so Illinois will definitely not be ranked 10th come Monday. But the winner between UC and Illinois will play the winner between Kansas State or Arkansas. And then no matter what happens in the result of the Bearcats fighting on line night game on Monday, the Bearcats will be guaranteed to be playing on Tuesday. It'll be it's either they'll be playing in the consolation game, that'll be at six o'clock PM, and the Bearcats do upset the fighting on nine line a line nine. <clears throat> I can't even say that word. Then they'll be playing the championship game, that'll be at eight thirty PM on ESPN two. So Either way, the Bearcats will be playing two games in Kansas City. Let's just hope the Bearcats at least get a win. Or if they go 2-0, I'll be the happiest man alive because that will be big for this team especially. So, so yeah. So, Bearcats men's basketball, they're in good shape. And West Miller is definitely the guy. And like I said in my last podcast, just give him two to three years to get his players and this program will be back rolling. All right, switching topics now to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, the Bengals did not play a game last weekend. They had their first bye week of the season, and it was a successful bye week because the AFC North was really shitty, and that helped the Bengals. So here's what happened. Let's recap what happened in the North. The Ravens lost to the Dolphins in Miami last Thursday night football, 22-10. to <laughs> The Pittsburgh Steelers tied the Detroit Lions 16-16. to I was watching that game on Red Zone. That game was probably one of the worst football games I've watched in about five years. Like, obviously, the Steelers didn't have Ben Roethlisberger because he tested positive for COVID last week. So the Steelers started Mason Rudolph. And I'm thinking, okay, as bad as Jared Goff is, 
I was thinking if the Lions can just run the football well, then they can they have a shot to upset the Steelers. And they should have won, but the Lions kicker, I, I don't know, that field goal attempt with about, I think it was about 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter to to give the Lions the win. And he he shanked that. Like, that, that was not even close. And I'm just like, Lord have mercy. That's the last time I'm ever going to root for the Detroit Lions. So, yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. So, <laughs> oh, if I'm a Steeler fan, I'm thinking to myself, wow, we got away with that one. I'd rather tie than lose to the Lions. But at the same time, you have to win that game for your Steelers. But, yeah, I hate the Steelers. And then the Cleveland Browns. The Browns coming off that that big blowout win against the Bengals. And I think everyone was thinking, oh, the Browns are back. And then the Browns just got shellacked by the Patriots in Foxborough. 45-7. to Baker Mayfield got hurt, too. Man, you hate to see it. It's just for some reason the Browns play really well when they play against the Bengals. But everybody else, they're, they're average and... Baker Mayfield looks like a Hall of Famer when he plays the Bengals, but when he plays everyone else, he's just average. He's almost like Andy Dalton average. So that's that's the frustrating part. So as the AFC North reads, right now the Ravens are in first place. They're six and three. Pittsburgh is in second. They're five, three, and one. The Bengals are in third. They're five and four. And in last place, the Browns, they're five and five. So Five weeks over, second half football begins for the Bengals, and they will take on the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday at 4 or 5 p.m. on CBS. The Raiders are coming off a blowout loss to the Kansas City Chiefs last Sunday night football, so obviously the Raiders are looking to get it get it back going. So both teams are going to – this is going to be a good game. I, I, both teams are coming off blowout losses, so it's going to be an interesting game, and this game is going to be really tight. So – I, I want to say the Bengals should win that game, and they should because the Raiders have a lot of distractions going on right now. And with the whole Henry Ruggs situation, that was their best receiver. And obviously, he's not with the team anymore. So that's going to that's gonna hurt them. So I want to say this game's a W. My heart wants to say a W, but my head's trying to say a loss. But I hope the Bengals do show up. They have had two weeks to prepare, so you got no excuses. And then... After this game, the Steelers will come into Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday, November 28th. That will be a 1 p.m. kickoff on CBS. And then the Los Angeles Chargers come to Paul Brown Stadium December 5th, 1 p.m. on Fox. And then the 49ers come to Paul Brown Stadium December 12th. That's 1 p.m. on CBS. And then the Bengals head to Denver to take on the Broncos. That will be on December 19th. That's a 4 or 5 p.m. kickoff on CBS. And the Ravens come to Paul Brown Stadium Sunday, December 26th, 1 p.m. on CBS. And then the Chiefs come to Paul Brown Stadium Sunday, January 2nd, 1 p.m. on CBS. And then the last game of the season, the Bengals head to Cleveland to take on the Browns. That's a 1 p.m. kickoff on CBS on January 9th. So... You got eight games left, and five of them are at Paul Brown Stadium. So the Bengals got a lot of home games coming up. So that will help. And as you as I look at the schedule, you got Vegas. They're fighting for a playoff spot. The Steelers are fighting for a, a division spot, a, a division crown. Chargers are still in it. 49ers are, are a hit-or-miss team. 
Denver's battling for a wild card spot. The Ravens are obviously first in the AFC North. The Chiefs have gotten have gotten together. They've won three in a row. And then you got the Browns as well trying to fight for the AFC North crown as well. So these 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 last eight games are going to be tough for this Bengals team. And I'm hoping that as this bye week came at the right time because they lost they have lost two in a row. They are, I hope they did some soul searching and that they can get it going the second half. So here are my keys to the second half for the Bengals. Joe Burrow has to be great. And I know Joe can be great. And the reason why the Bengals have a shot to win the AFC North is because of Joe Burrow. Now, I know I think he needs to not force the ball when it when it comes to, you know, forcing it to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is gonna win rookie of the year, but I think he's forcing a lot, and that's why his interceptions are a little bit up this year. He has 11 so far. So I just want Joe to be great and throw less interceptions. The offensive line cannot be shitty. The offensive line cannot be shitty. I don't want to see Joe on the ground a lot this second half. So the offensive line has to be just average. Just don't be shitty. Defense, 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 defense. The first seven games, the Bengals' defense was playing top 10 level defense. The last two games, it has gone to shit. So defense has to get to the quarterback. Defense has to tackle better. It just has to be, they have to be better. And if the Bengals' defense is better, then this team will be in position to win the AFC North. Joe Mixon, Bengals' running back, needs to stay healthy. If Mixon stays healthy, and this Bengals offense is just explosive. So Mixon needs to stay healthy. Tyler Boyd, the Bengals need to give Tyler Boyd more touches than he has the first half. He's still a great receiver. He's still one of the most underrated receivers in the league. One of the best slot receivers in the league, too. Give him the football. So I hope they do that. Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach. And the coordinators have to coach better. And also, when it comes to in-game adjustments, they need to be better at that as well. All around, they need to be better at their jobs. So, so this is going to be a fun second half. It's going to be stressful, but I really believe that the Bengals are still in it. They can still win a division. And these keys, if they can live up to expectation of these keys that I have for the second half, then the Bengals are going to win the AFC North. If not, then they're going to be either battling for a playoff spot or they're going to miss the playoffs. Either way, this should be a fun second half, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this team responds after a bye week, after losing two in a row. I think everyone's just waiting to see how this team responds. So, we shall see. All right, this is going to be a short podcast, but uh, before I end this podcast, shout out to the city of Cincinnati. So, the World Cup qualifying game between the USA men's national team against Mexico was last Friday night at TQL Stadium. The men's won 2 nothing. That's good. The men's team is just one step close to the clinching the World Cup spot for next year. But, wow, that was such a great event. Cincinnati definitely showed out. 20, over 26,000 at TQL Stadium. So, well done. And a lot of the media people that were at Cincinnati for the game, they were just impressed by how much the city just loves its soccer. And the city does love this soccer. Now, the team, when it comes to the Major League Soccer team, FCC Cincinnati, yeah, they're not good. But it was just so great to see the city on the spotlight. And I knew Cincinnati was going to show out. They do. 
that they did for college game day at UC two weeks ago. And I knew they were going to show off of this. So well done, well done, well done. And I think the I think the I think the World Cup is going to be played at Cincinnati. I'm definitely going to see some games in Cincinnati in 2026. I think they will get it. I think with this showing they had last Friday night, I think that we're going to see some World Cup soccer in Cincinnati in 2026. I truly believe that. And I think it's a big deal for the city because when it comes to huge marquee events, especially in the sports ram, the city does show out. So well done. Well done to anybody that went to the game and that will allow it and stuff. Well done. Well done. All right. So this is it for this podcast. I know it's really short, but don't worry. We're going to let we got lots to dive in into the next podcast next week. But also we can talk baseball, but we can talk about the Cincinnati Reds and how shitty they are. But Jonathan India, the Reds second baseman, won National League Rookie of the Year. As deservedly so. So well done, India. Well done. India was such a great player to watch this season. And he just got better as the season went along. And he just he just works hard. And his home runs total was was way. I did not expect his home run total to be over 20. So well deserved. Well done, Jonathan India. Your National League Rookie of the Year. So that's the one positive news out of Reds offseason. Jonathan India winning National League Rookie of the Year. So well done, Indy. All right. So, to recap, so your fifth-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats football team is playing SMU on Saturday. That's a 3.30 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. And then the Cincinnati Bengals are playing in Vegas against the Las Vegas Raiders. That's on Sunday at 4 or 5 p.m. on CBS. And then the Cincinnati men's basketball team will be playing the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City on Monday and Tuesday, so it depends if the Bearcats win, then they'll be playing the championship game on Tuesday. If not, then they'll be playing the consolation game. So, yeah, that is your Cincinnati Sports Recap of the Week, and I hope you guys have a good weekend. And once again, thank you guys for supporting this podcast. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast, and I just can't wait. This next couple of weeks of sports is going to be it's going to be pretty hectic, and I'm excited to just dive in and i'm excited to just give you guys all my thoughts and opinions and it's gonna be good times it's gonna be good times all right peace